When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Quick oh! tries it, don't know. Long we over. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Fletcher! It's Lucius McCulloch, saved again. Barry Ferguson does this again, and it's there. Hartley and Weir comes up, Jackson! Welcome to the Hamden Roar with me, Andy Barge, and once again, Media Scotland sports journalist Ben Rams. The two of us will be chewing the fat over Scotland's recent two games against Cyprus and Belgium. A decent start, three points from the two. I think three was all that mattered, really. The Cyprus game was the most important. Ben, Belgium was never really going to work out in our favour, I don't think. Anyway, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think Belgium was a free shot. Uh, I think it was Callum McGregor said that. I think, you know, you look at the players they have. Hazard and De Bruyne, we don't have players like that. Um, to go away, that's probably the is one of the hardest games in international football yeah. now. So, not the easiest second game for Clark. But I think even saying that, there was enough there to give us a bit of promise going forward. Yeah, there was a, a lot of promising signs, as you say. It was, I think, if we had McLeish in charge or perhaps somebody who wasn't as organised as Steve Clark as a manager, it could have been. A lot worse. Mm-hmm. We'll, touch on the, we'll touch on the Belgium game in much more depth later on. First of all, I just want to ask you, do you think it was an acceptable start to the rain then? I think so. I think, obviously, the, the late winner against Cyprus changes it. If, if that had gone 1-0, the uh, vultures might have been out already. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always people that, want to, for some reason, want to see people struggle. Um, I, th- I think the fact that they stood up and were counted at the end, you know, they... They didn't put their heads down and think, oh, we've, we've lost this now. And it was such a high-pressure game, that game. It was almost like a cup final mm-hmm. for, for Clark's first game in charge. You know, you have to win this to keep your campaign on track. Yes. And you're coming into a team that have got their heads down because results recently have been stinking, like, if we're honest. So, you know, the fact that they he rallied them, they got the three points, it gives us a chance in the rest of the campaign. I think, OK, it's acceptable. Scotland controlled the game against Cyprus. I know that they did equalise with five minutes to go, but from open play, I never really felt too worried as far as as far as far uh, Cyprus scoring was concerned. It took us a while to find our rhythm, and it took a screamer from Robertson to open the scoring, but we were comfortable, and their equaliser comes from a corner, one from a corner that we had. It was a counter-attack, and mm-hmm. James Forrest was left to try and defend, which you know is not his forte. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think as far as the 90 minutes goes, there we controlled the game. Uh, it did take us a while to get into a rhythm, but I think we did deserve the win. It's not like we've grasped a, mm-hmm. a win from the jaws of dropping points. Mm-hmm. You know, I think overall uh, we did merit the three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think fans are just going to have to accept that this is Clark's system. You know, this is how he plays. He likes to have the team set up with plenty behind the ball. And let them play, let them have the ball in their own half, you know, halfway line. They're not going to hurt you. And I think that's what gives you that feeling that we were in control. 
Um, it does. It might not sit well with some people against smaller teams, but I think that is his style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll maybe attack a bit more against smaller teams, but if this is his system, I think it, I think the success of it comes from doing it every game, uh, rather than changing tactics to be attacking one time and then be defensive the next time. Yep. You know, this is the system. I think that is easier for the players to get used to, especially when he doesn't have them that often. Mm-hmm. And that going forward. You know, hopefully we will be able to be a bit more consistent um, rather than picking up good results and then obviously a lot of bad ones recently. Yeah, well, we saw exactly how that worked out for for Clark at Kelly. You know, find a system and stick to it no matter who you're playing, really. I know mm-hmm. at home to teams like maybe Hamilton and St Mirren, Kelly would be a bit more advanced and on the front foot. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, most of the teams in the league have better players than mm-hmm. Kelly yet they somehow produced results over and over mm-hmm. again so I think it's probably a wise template for Scotland mm-hmm. to follow you know? mm-hmm. I think it comes with consistency the players learn their role more by playing it more um, I think we'll hopefully see a lot less chopping and changing of personnel once he finds his his first 11 I think he will be he will stick with it um, which again is something that we've struggled with um, so yeah I think yeah. I think there was enough there was enough there to give us hope after that that opener and a trend, Ben, I know we've spoken about this before, but there's been a trend at Hamden recently of Scotland scoring very important and very late goals. Mm-hmm. I've, I've jotted down a few here. There was James MacArthur's header against Lithuania, mm-hmm. Lee Griffith's free kicks against England, Chris Martin's late goal against Slovenia, the own goal against Slovakia from Skirtle. We scored a late goal against Slovenia away from home as well, Snodgrass mm-hmm. in the pivotal 2-2 game, and then Burke at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Where does this come from? I don't know, but it's very welcome yeah. because you know you think sometimes. I remember like initially going to Hamden, there was a bit of a sort of fear factor in the fans. You could feel the fans getting nervous towards the end of the game. Now it seems to have actually switched in our favour, and you know we seem to be able to be able to rescue games with with late goals. Um, you know if we can keep that going, especially builds well if we're playing teams like Belgium and Russia at home. You know the fact that. If it's getting late, the the pressure seems to build on the opposition as before it used to build on us, and you used to think, oh, here we go, they're going to score a late, uh, you yeah. know, late equaliser, late winner. So, you know, fingers crossed it continues. Yeah. Well, Steve Clark's Kelly said came from behind to win in the league five times last season, which is a, a decent ratio for for that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it bodes well, I mm-hmm. think, if Cyprus, for example, equalised. You know, five minutes to go. Scotland's mm-hmm. still in the game, pressing for a winner almost straight away. And Clark actually pointed to this in his post-match press conference: the character of the boys, not just to let their head drop and accept mm-hmm. that that was the the outcome. Mm-hmm. Ryan Fraser got the ball on the left. I think it was, was Cal McGregor that fed fed to him. That's where we're dangerous straight mm-hmm. away. The boys just wanted to get the ball down the line, and Burke mm-hmm. had made a good run into the box. And yes, he got lucky with the rebound, but it was a good initial header. It was, and that could have quite easily gone in. You know, that's inside of the post. You could argue it was unlucky that it didn't go yeah. in. So, you know, and I, I felt uh, I was happy for Burke. I think he's had a bit of a rough ride. Um, I think to ask him to play up front on by himself in international level when he's not really a striker, he's not really grown up as a striker. I think, I think he's he's really doing the best he can. You know, for his age and for his experience. Um, so. I was I was quite pleased that he he got the winner and he got his wee moment there. Well, I really just touching on Burke in the Belgium game. Now, I I really hope that Burke kicks on. I've heard that he responds well when his manager is the kind of person to put an arm around the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Ollie Burke 
had much of a father figure in his life. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that okay. growing up, and that's why he responds well to managers who kind of care for him and give him loads of encouragement, mm-hmm. rather than somebody who might be more of a harsh manager. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why initially at Celtic under Rogers, apparently he hit the ground running straight away because mm-hmm. that's the kind of manager that Brendan Rogers was for him. Now Ollie Burke had, and I'm not expecting him to tear up the ground against Belgium, but when he gets the ball on the halfway line and turns and he's got all the very elder company in front of him, mm. I think he has to be aware of of how he can make the most of what he's got, which is pace and power. And Oli Burke's obviously a decent finisher, I would say, but he needs to have the confidence to just use his attributes to the max, knock the ball past whoever it is defending. On this occasion, mm. it was the Belgian lads. Make them defend. That's what defenders hate doing. Mm-hmm being forced to defend against pace and power. Remember Gareth Bale's goal a couple of years ago in the Copa del Rey final where he literally went in almost like a semicircle out of the park. Yeah. Burke has got, I know he's not as good as Bale obviously, but he's, he's fast and strong. If he can knock it past a defender that's slower than him, take him on in a race and the chances are he will get to the ball first, especially if the defender has it, their back to goal and has to turn. Mm-hmm. You know, If Ollie Burke can't use what he's got to the maximum, I'm not sure where he fits in to the team. Because if he's not scoring goals and he's not burning defenders and creating chances for others, mm-hmm. what's he doing? I think it, you've hit on the confidence thing. I think that obviously, as a tricky sort of quick player, that's you know confidence plays such a massive part. But I think he is a winger. I think for pace, for power, you know, as you've alluded to the Bale comparison as well, you know, play him on the wing. I think it must be very hard to be a winger you know, your whole life mm-hmm. and then be told, right, I'm going to play you up front on your own against two world-class centre-backs mm-hmm. and it's up to you to get through them. You know, the, He was really filling the space there because there was no one else. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't expect to see him play up front for Scotland. When we've got others who are fit. Exactly. Yeah. When you've got hold-up strikers that are better at bringing other players in. You know, That's why I think he was really doing a temporary job there. And I would like to see him play on the wing if he plays at all. The only winger I think you could argue he should play ahead of is Forrest. I think Ryan Fraser has nailed down a starting mm-hmm. position for us. And to be honest, I think Forrest has as well. But I'd, I know I'm not alone in thinking that James Forrest just doesn't produce mm-hmm. for Scotland. And it might sound a bit rich, me saying that, when he's just scored the goals that have taken us to the Nations League semis. Mm-hmm. But I think his 30th cap was against Belgium. I'm sure it was Cyprus or Belgium was his 30th cap. I honestly think James Forrest has performed well and four or five of those. A handful, yeah. Yeah. And he needs to start being consistent for Scotland to justify him and Fraser being almost the first two names on the team sheet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it is just that it weighs heavy on him wearing the Scotland shirt. I'm not sure what it is, but even uh, the Belgian game, obviously, when he had the chance at 2-0, oh. that was crucial. You know, you get one or two chances against uh-huh. the best in the world. I just, for some reason, part of me thinks of using a Celtic shirt he would have either controlled it or hit it first time and scored. Mm. But the ball got trapped underneath, it took him way too long to get a shot off and Courtois recovered. But it, this is not like his first few caps, you know, he is experienced now. If he can't do it now, I'm, I'm not sure that he actually merits keeping the place. Mm. If he can't replicate his club form, then we need to find someone that can, you know. Yeah. That's, I, I do really rate him, he's had a great few seasons, he's definitely improved, but I'm still yet to see it like, as you alluded to, his purple patch when he had his goals in the uh, Nations League, which was brilliant because that got us the playoff place. 
but I'm, I'm still not convinced that he should be starting for us now. Uh, if Snodgrass is willing to play for Scotland, I'm, sh- I'm sure he is. This has still never really been clarified. If Snodgrass is up for playing for Scotland and wants to play for Steve Clark in the jersey and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. for me, he is our first choice right winger. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure after the club and after the squad announcement, sorry, um, it was Snodgrass's wedding mm-hmm. uh, at the start of June. It was. It was. It was his stag, was it Snodgrass? It was John Fleck's wedding, definitely. Mm-hmm. Was, it Snod- was it Snodgrass's, Snodgrass's wedding as well as at the start right, okay. of June? Because uh, David Marshall was saying that he's hoping that Snodgrass will follow his lead back into the squad. Right, okay. And obviously that would be brilliant news for us. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I think he will. You know, When we've seen him before, he's been passionate. Mm-hmm. He's, and he has played well for Scotland. You know, That's why I would, I would, I would pick him ahead of Forrest, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I would really, I'm really hopeful that he'll be back in. Um, in time for September and although we're criticising Forrest here yeah, he's he's undoubtedly a good player just doesn't really show it consistently enough for Scotland but should he be on the bench for us a great option Fantastic. to bring off if we need somebody to burn a tired left back or make runs through the middle you know? exactly and that would be great this, this is the system we're going to play with Clark mm-hmm. you know two fast wingers a striker that can hold the ball up ideally when, they're, when, they're, when we've got <laughs> someone fit to do it um, so yeah Forrest coming on off the bench you know Defenders can hardly deal with him with his pace at the start of the game. So if you put him on for the last 20, 15 minutes, you know yeah. he could be he could be he could be just as effective, you know, getting us a goal, getting us an assist yeah. as he would be starting. So he, he did well actually against Belgium when he came off. It was one particular run where he managed to get round left back. I'm not sure was it left back or one of the centre halves. I'm not sure, but he managed to hit the byline. And you're thinking, right, brilliant for us. Go on, mm-hmm. go on, and his cutback just fell to the first man. And that, that's what needs to change for it. He needs to be clinical more often mm-hmm. in the final third for Scotland. Mm-hmm. A man you mentioned a, a minute ago, David Marshall, undisputed Scotland number one at the moment. I think so, yeah. I think I I do rate Bain, but I think it's maybe just a wee bit too early for him. He's still really young, so I quite like Marshall number one and then mm-hmm. have Bain as a backup, you know, learn from him. Marshall's very experienced in the Premier League, yeah. you know. That's a, a good mentor for him. I think he's 34, Marshall, so okay, give him this campaign and the playoffs. You know, we, we need caps, you know, we need yeah. an ex- experienced head. I don't think Bain is that yet. Um, yeah, I, I think Marshall, you know, there was enough good quality saves against Belgium yeah. as well that made me think, right, he's, he's still got it. Let's, let's, you know, there's only another year, or there's only another six months, say, until we know whether we're going or not. So we don't really have time to bed lots of youngsters yep. without many caps in. And I think Clark's clever enough and experienced enough to know that he needs some experience in his back line especially. Mm-hmm. Another uh, another interesting development of the goalkeepers, I think Liam Kelly signing for QPR this week, leaving Livingston to go down to the English Championship. So that's another decent option for, for us to have there. We've always had good keepers, you know, the last we've been lucky. Um, and yeah, Kelly has had a brilliant season. Uh, with Livy and hopefully he'll push on mm-hmm. down there um, with having an experienced head alongside a sort of more inexperienced I suppose um, with Bain being the understudy to Marshall do you like the way that the centre backs are lining up at the moment then with one of the younger ones alongside Charlie Mulgrew or would you rather blood two of them at the same time McKenna, eh, McKenna and Suter or, mm-hmm. or Bates or, or whoever it is mm-hmm. it's, this is a tough one because I, I still think the defence is our is our weakest area you know, Mulgrew is 34 now. I think he is not quick. Um, I'm just not sure if defensively he's good enough to hold us up 
uh, international level. But the trouble is, who else is there? Berra is the same age. Um, I would have Muldrow over Berra, personally. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think they're quite similar. I think Berra's maybe a wee bit better defensively, but he is also ageing, you know. You can't uh, get away from that. I think it's too, as we saw in Kazakhstan, when we played a defence with a, you know two caps between them, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work. You need someone in their experience. So even though Mulgrew maybe isn't the best defensively, and he's certainly not the quickest, I still think he might be worth having in to help McKenna or Suter through. So maybe have McKenna and Suter you know, vying to, mm-hmm. to partner him. Who, who would you have then, partnering Mulgrew? First choice. It's a tough one. I do really rate Suter, and I really like the way he brings the ball out. They're they're, they're quite different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends, you know. McKenna's, Suter, Suter McKenna's, for me. McKenna's probably more solid defensively. Suter, I'm not sure I buy that. I know you're, you're, not, you're <laughs> not McKenna's biggest fan. I, I really, I think he's he's stronger. He's stronger than Suter. I say defensive awareness is probably better, but Suter has a wee bit of X factor about him. His passing is brilliant. He's very good at covering. Um, and he's he's quicker, so it's a tough one. It's really going to be down to Clark. You know, Clark, former defender, he is going to be able to. Yeah. I think he'll pick one and he'll nail his flag to the mast and save. Right, you're going to be the centre back. You know, going well, there. We're still waiting to find out if Cooper is going to be involved mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the campaign. Liam Lindsay is going to be playing in the championship again next season. I, I would actually be astounded if Liam Lindsay is not in a Scotland squad before the end of this mm-hmm. campaign. Really, really surprised. I'm actually surprised he's not been in one already. There's been a few times when we've had you know a couple of centre backs fit, and you think, right, Cooper's getting in now. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not happened. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, th- I think we've got options. We just don't have outstanding yeah. options. Yeah. We haven't had a you know a real you know centre back that we're like, right, we build a team mm-hmm. around this boy for yeah. too long. You know, we could really do with someone. Someone coming through <laughs> and filling that gap. Speaking of outstanding options, left backs our area. Andy Robertson injured. Kieran Tierney injured. Barry Douglas injured. We, we keep. <laughs> and they, they keep. Everyone keeps talking about having two world class yeah. left backs and how are we going to fit them in. Uh, uh, and we've had a few occasions now where we haven't got either of them. Yeah. Although Greg, Greg Taylor certainly, uh, I would say, uh, he covered himself uh, in glory. I, I think Greg he, Taylor did, did well against Belgium. It's probably the hardest debut you could have but then again I know that some professionals say that it's better to be thrown in at the deep end so mm-hmm. you can't overthink or anything like that you're so focused on what you have to do mm-hmm. who was it that was playing on the on the right for Belgium the other night was it, was it Hazard was on the left mm-hmm. Telemans and De Bruyne in the, in the middle is it Mer- Therese Mertens I can't, I can't remember who it was anyway whoever it is on the Belgium's <laughs> right flank you're in for a, a tough time I thought he I thought he passed the test with fine colours. Ah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a harder debut, really. You know, you've got to go and defend against yeah. De Bruyne because they all switch positions as well. It must just be a nightmare. But I think what will have helped is that Clark was his coach, mm-hmm. obviously. He and it's the same system. So I think Clark knew that he could get away with it for this one because he played. He's, he's playing the same system. Yep. He trusts him, and he knows his job in Steve Clark's formation. Um, it might have even helped the defence as well, you know, the players around him, because I think there was a bit of argument about how many Killy players were coming in, but, mm-hmm. you know, if Clark's kind of trying to get his style across, maybe it helped to yeah. have more Killy boys in. You know, we had we talked about that with Brophy before um, the games as well. Yeah, I think it might have helped um, having that link. Well, well, Greg certainly looked composed, I thought, in defence. He didn't panic whenever he, he had the ball. In fact, I would actually say for the whole 
of Scotland's back four, we looked pretty mm-hmm. organised, compact, uh, composed with the ball. I know there was times, obviously, where your first option and priority is just to get the ball away from mm-hmm. Scotland's net. But there were times, especially when linking up with McTominay and Kenny McLean, who were coming back to help out in defensive times, there was just a few passes into space out to O'Donnell mm-hmm. or Greg Taylor. And then we were trying to work our way up the pitch rather than just put our foot through it. And I, th- I Which think, is good to see. Yeah, and I do, I do like the system with the two sitting midfielders. I think it, it makes us really solid. It makes us more solid than we were um, under McLeish. Um, and yeah, if we can build from there, um, which you know, Touchwood will get us going forward. It was a shame to see Armstrong go off injured. He didn't really play much of a part over the two games. So let's focus on the four midfielders who played consistently. McTominay came off the bench against Cyprus and then got the full 90, I think, mm. against Belgium. You can see his quality. When he came off against Cyprus, the first thing that I noticed about him that was different to everyone else in the team, every single one of his passes was driven. It had zip, it, it reached its target quickly. There was none of this uh, loose passing that uh, went behind the forward runner or anything like that. He, it was direct. He knew what he was going to do with the ball before he got it and that helped carry the momentum forward at, the mo- at a point in the Cyprus game where we were, let's face it, chasing the game we needed to score. Mm-hmm. It's very, very encouraging to have someone in midfield like that who's able to, to predict where the runner's going to be and find them, that sort of thing. For me, that is what sets him apart, and that's why he's at Manchester United. You, mm-hmm. know, you, don't, you don't just get into that team and play in the Champions League if you don't have that quality. You know, if you're not up to that level, you're not getting in. So... For me, I just thought it was absolutely ludicrous that McLeish dropped him for those games mm. You know, that ended up being his undoing. I think McTom- I would be building the base around McTominay. I think he's really solid defensively and he also gets the ball rolling. He is really that Darren Fletcher type. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Fletcher was one of our best you know, players for the last sort of 10, 20 years. You know, it would be great if McTominay yeah. could, could do that role while we also have maybe better options going forward in Fraser um, players like that yeah. so I, 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 for me he would be in the in the three yeah um, it, it was it was good against Belgium as well not just coming off the bench against Cyprus against Belgium he's he just makes things tick it's, it's almost quite seamless with McTominay he gets the ball opens his body and it's out to the other side like that and he, he doesn't care he, who he he's playing against yeah. either he's happy to put a knee in and happy to put an arm in mm-hmm. and let people know yeah. you know you saw that in um, when they play PSG as well, he doesn't care who he's playing, and luckily he's massive, yeah. so he, say, he can get away he's with a it. Tall boy, I think he looks quite slight on TV, but I've heard from people that were have been around right. the Scotland camp recently that he's a big guy. Mm. Like it's not until you he's see a him in person, he's a he's a mm. built built boy. Mm. Which, it's just so important to have that. Yeah, at international level, yeah. you know, when you're up against, you know, you see some of the Belgian boys, you know, they're huge, and you know, I think it helps to have that. I know there's always an argument about like if you just play bigger players but he can play as well you're not yeah. just putting him in because he's strong he's got everything else as well that's just a bonus that he's also actually really strong uh-huh. and can bully players you know which sometimes you need to do against a better team you need to disrupt their better players yeah. um, and he's one that can do that I like to think that after his two performances um, against Cyprus and Belgium that Kenny McLean has now ousted John McGinn mm-hmm. in the Scotland Golden Boy stakes mm-hmm. I think that McGinn uh, I, I, I'm going to try and not go into heavy, heavily on him here. <laughs> he did have a long he, season. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. And he has, from what I hear, been really good for Villa. Me and you were discussing his tackling statistics, his interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's he's clearly good at, at that side of the game. But for me, on the ball, John McGinn makes me nervous. 
when he has the ball at his feet. I, I'm not confident with him breaking forward. And yes, he's great at getting his arse in the way and disrupting the flow of the opposition. But I think his decision making on the ball sooner or later is going to be costly for us. Well, it, it almost was. I remember the, the wee turn that he tried against Cyprus yeah. and he lost the ball. I think that's fine to try that in the final third. I, I think he would be better as a 10. I think, you know, away from danger, I wouldn't have him in the in the mm. two base midfield yeah, positions. Yeah, I can get that argument, yeah. Because if he loses the ball like he did there against Cyprus in our, just on the edge of our final third, they are then in on the defence, you know. But do you think though he's better at the screening and building a China shop approach? Mm-hmm of trying to defend rather than being an advanced playmaker. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the argument is if he's if he's losing the ball, I'd rather he lost the ball further up the pitch than in front uh-huh. of our defence. So if he can't play that holding role, I probably wouldn't start him. Yeah, me neither. I would I would probably in the number start ten McGregor. position anyway, I'd say McGregor or Armstrong would would have to be there before mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would say McGregor, yeah. Mm. Although I do, McGregor can play that base role as well. And if McTominay is even more defensive, then McGregor may be mm-hmm. a better foil to McTominay because his passing's a wee bit better and he's, he can get past players as well. I, I think if, if Kenny McLean starts the season well for Norwich in the Premier League, how many how many games do they get to play before the the doubleheader Russia and Belgium is... I think it's about three, three, or, three four, or four, right? so it's not many. I know Norwich have got Liverpool in their first game, so that's a, a tough opener, obviously. Mm. But if McLean starts the season well, I, I can't see how he can be dropped for Rush. I think he was brilliant against Cyprus. But and, McGinn and starts well. McGinn could also have a... But he, he didn't perform the same way for Scotland as McLean did over the last <laughs> know, couple of games. Yeah. And my head's been turned by McLean when he was announced, when was it? Uh, last year at some point he was in a starting 11 where I thought wow Kenny McLean starting for Scotland that's mm-hmm. that's mad when he was up here for Aberdeen mm-hmm. I would never have thought any time soon would Kenny McLean be starting mm-hmm. for Scotland but he's proved me wrong with mm-hmm. his performances I'm delighted I love it when players for Scotland prove uh-huh. me wrong mm-hmm. I really do and it's Kenny good. McLean's done that uh, and it's good to yeah. see them go down south as well and do well you know and not just be a bit part player mm-hmm. and you know hopefully we're going to have a few more in the Premier League next season yeah um, well him Flick and um, again, all promoted. If they can have an impact in the Premier League, we are laughing in central mm-hmm. midfield. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another area that we've historically been really strong in. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a task for Clark to pick his three and make it balance. Yeah, you know that could be crucial against a team like Russia, where we need control of the ball. And to also, I think it's also having players that can do something with it in midfield. And that's why I really like Armstrong because Armstrong's mm-hmm. really positive. His passing's very good, and he can dribble past players. Yeah. And his, with his turns as well, he floats past players. I'm sure that's what I like. About a little him. bit of an Iniesta yeah. sort of style <laughs> where he can just drift past people, and I don't think any of us have that. So I would have McTominay and McGregor maybe sitting, and then have give Armstrong a bit more free reign because mm-hmm. he can do everything else in midfield as well. But he's also got a bit of X factor where he can actually open up a defence. Well, exactly. Against Cyprus, there was a point. It was wasn't long. I think it was either at the start of the second half or not long after we'd taken the lead. Where we were passing the ball around for fun in central midfield, just from left to right, mm-hmm. kind of probing around the Cypress box, but not getting anywhere and then having to start again. But we were crying out for Armstrong's creativity. Mm-hmm. Somebody who can see a space that nobody else has seen mm-hmm. and drive into it, receive the ball or pass the ball into it. Mm-hmm. And, and that draws defenders and yeah. makes space for other people. You know, we've got two good wingers. So if he can be clever, take mm-hmm. the ball in a tight space and draw a man, you know, and he's got the vision to pass on. Yeah. So I think he could be a really important link. It's important that he plays for... Southampton because now that he's got another three 
central midfielders playing at the same level as him, he's no longer that much higher on the in the pecking order on paper anyway than those guys. So I think that Armstrong has to make an impact at Southampton to sustain a place in that position for us. And if, if we can have a fit Lee Griffiths or a goal scoring Ollie McBurney mm-hmm. up top with Fraser, so let's say Armstrong for the time being, and Snodgrass and or, uh, or Forrest, or Forrest, mm-hmm. Forrest with the three behind McTominay and McGregor, that is a strong, yep. strong major tournament really front strong. six. Mm-hmm. And then defence at the moment takes care of itself. One thing we haven't touched on is Tierney mm-hmm. at right back. Thoughts? And O'Donnell at right back. Because yeah. as we were saying, O'Donnell's now got nine caps. He's one of the uh, he, most one he, of the most experienced defenders must, in the squad. He must have the same amount, if not more caps, than Tierney by now. I think Tierney Tierney's must got, be twelve, maybe something I, like that. But yeah. you know, and but there is that argument about Tierney. Um, I've had it with a few people. You know, he had a chance with Robbo playing the Champions League as well. Um, you know, he could have he could have had his surgery later. It's very harsh on him because he's played he played so many games this season and he's got a long career ahead of him. So mm-hmm. he really doesn't want to do any more damage. But has he now moved down the pecking order? I, I, I think before they were, he was almost being compared on a level to Robertson. But Robertson has now, uh, oh. he has gone oh, from, yeah. from that uh, comparison. There's no him. argument. Robertson's on a different level yeah. to anyone now that we've got. Mm-hmm. It was also great to see him score against Cyprus because yes. he hasn't always looked like the same player in a Scotland shirt as he mm-hmm. has in a Liverpool shirt. So it was really good for him to take the game by the scruff of the neck and yeah. say, no, I'm the best and he just rocketed it and that was like right okay Aye. he's our captain and everyone well, he can hopefully elevate everyone else a wee bit mm-hmm. I don't really know where Tierney fits in because for, if for it's me a it's back right, four for me it's right back or nowhere if it's a back four then it is right back or nowhere yeah. I don't I, I wouldn't imagine Clark playing him at centre back as part no. of a two no. I just don't think as part of a three you could maybe but as part of a two he's going to have to play right back and the argument is whether he's better than a naturally a natural right back in O'Donnell well, O'Donnell, of course, not naturally right-footed, but against Cyprus, it was almost as, as, as if every time, unless he'd been instructed by Steve Clark to do this, which I would be surprised, it was as if almost every time that Stephen O'Donnell hit the halfway line, he didn't know what to do. He was afraid mm-hmm. to go forward, either cut back and played it to McKenna or Mulgrew, centre-half, or he looked inside for a centre-mid, who wasn't always showing for him, and then there was a bit of hesitation and he was kind of scampering a wee bit. He's not the Stephen O'Donnell of a year ago or 18 months ago where there was almost no doubt that he was up there with Tavernier as the best right back mm-hmm. in the Premiership he's not shown it yet for Scotland I don't think I think he's been solid if unspectacular and I wonder if Tierney would be better uh-huh. it's, it's a tough one I, I want you know it is different playing for the country than the club we've covered that I think there's maybe just a wee bit of a niggle in his head mm-hmm. where he's like, do not go forward and lose the ball and leave the space behind you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be responsible for a goal mm-hmm. uh, against us. So, as you said, he gets up to the halfway line and then he's looking to give it, to offload it to someone else yes. that can then take the ball further forward. He's never going to be mm-hmm. a flying right back. Um, I would be surprised but- if Clark gave him that free reign at international level. But I think what he is, is he's reliable and he's a natural right back, so there's never going to be any doubt in his mind exactly where his position should be uh-huh. on a winger. He might not get it right every time because he's not a world class right back. But he's he, a solid right back. I wonder if he's more of a, in terms of an attacking right back, more of a counter attacking mm-hmm. right back. Maybe if Marshall gets the ball from a corner, mm-hmm. 
and there's space on the right, he's away. Mm-hmm. We saw it actually against Cyprus, he ended up one on one. He's on the left wing. Yeah, like on one on there was one point against uh, Belgium as well. Was it O'Donnell? Was it O'Donnell that fed the ball through to McKenna for for that chance later on? I think I might be wrong with that actually, yeah, but I can't I remember. But there was at one point as well, there was an attack, a Scotland counter attack, and O'Donnell was our furthest man mm-hmm. forward. Maybe that's mm-hmm. more suited to O'Donnell's attacking game. But he is a right back, you know. I think there is there's something to be said about playing a pair in their position at international level. Mm-hmm. You've already got added pressure at international level, so don't make it even harder by playing people out of position. If he is our best right back, then play him. Mm-hmm. You know, I I would I would actually have him over Tierney at yeah. right back at the moment. At the moment, I think the jersey is O'Donnell's mm-hmm. purely because uh, well, not purely because of sorry, but helped by the manager. Yes. The manager knows him, trusts him. And a lack of other O'Donnell options. will be familiar with the systems that Clark's yes. wants, Clark wants to play. Mm-hmm. And as you've just touched on, there aren't many options. If, mm-hmm. See if Alan Hutton hadn't retired, I think he would still be mm-hmm. the right back. Just one promotion with Villa. Again, mm-hmm. Premier League. And it was something like 200 appearances he made for them, despite spending large spells totally in, yeah. the, in the wilderness. You know, It's a bit of a shame with Hutton. I think he was uh, never really fulfilled what he could have maybe done yeah. for Scotland. Absolutely. So we've got Russia next then, uh, they beat Cyprus 1-0, which for me is a positive mm-hmm. sign, it shows that Cyprus maybe aren't the diddies that some people thought they might be, mm-hmm. and also that Russia maybe are beatable. They didn't blow them away, yeah. you know, um, it's at Hamden, we've got form at the moment, um, yeah. I'm, Just put I'm your money on a goal I'm after the 85th minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm nowhere near as worried about that now as I was with McLeish, I think we'll be solid the question will be if we can get enough quality going forward. If we could bring, say, Snodgrass and Griffiths back in, I think the games are just far enough in maybe to get Griffiths back in. You know, if we could add those two to the attack and keep the solid base, yeah. there's no reason why we can't go and beat Russia. And then we're right back in the group. Well, if, if we beat Russia, they, they, their goal difference is miles better than ours. They thumped San Marino mm-hmm. now, for God's sake. Um, I think their goal difference is 12, ours is 1, I'm sure. So if we beat them, we go level on points. We then play Belgium three days later. So that's both of our games against Belgium. Out yes, the way, exactly. they play Belgium second last game. They, they play San Marino their last game. So that's three points in the bag for them there. But that game against Belgium, Russia, Belgium could be massive as far as our qualification hopes are concerned. If we beat Russia and lose to Belgium, like we probably will, mm-hmm. they'll still be three points ahead of us should they take care of Kazakhstan. Uh, mm-hmm in the game after us so as long as at the end of the next double header we are no further than three points behind Russia we can still do it mm-hmm. provided we take a point from them away from home in October which I'm now dangerously optimistic about I know we do, we do need to be uh, realistic you know but I still I just think the system it might not be the prettiest on the eye. There, there will be people, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen already people comparing it to Levine, sort of, you know, much more, much more cautious um, and letting them have the ball for quite large periods of time, which may happen against Russia. But the point of that is that you're absorbing their pressure, letting them come onto you, and then we attack, you know, we spring the mm-hmm. counter-attack. And that can be just as dangerous. Yeah. Um, and that might be, and if it gets us to a tournament, no one will be complaining. Oh, nobody will So. You know, I think we have we've tried. Strachan's was a bit more progressive. I think you know why do we, we're trying this. Everyone has to buy into it. Everyone has to back it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get Hamden Fuller again and get it rocking. You know, if we if we could get a point from Belgium, 
you know, wow. that could absolutely spark if, the campaign. If we beat Russia, Hamden will be bouncing for the Belgium mm-hmm. game. I think it would be 45,000 at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there was a good turnout for the friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people will come. You know, it's not great, but people will come to see those kind of players yeah. because these are some of the. You know, Hazard's just gone to Madrid for 130 million. You don't get to see him in Glasgow yeah. very often. You know, so we could almost get hand and full. It, a lot will depend on the Russia game. Again, it's another. That's only Clark's third game, and <laughs> that's two massive pressure games. Um, but there's just that sort of steely determination that I think will come through to the players and. It's just going to. It might be enough to carry us through that game. I don't think we'll blow Russia away. No, no. But there's a chance that we could soak them up yeah. and win one two nil. You know, yeah. and then we would be, as you say, the hand would be rocking again. Before we finish up, let's touch on the comparison then between the qualification group and the Nations League at the moment. Finland are flying in their group, and if they carry on the way that they are going, they would be replaced by Bulgaria mm-hmm. in the semi final for us. The other two. Serbia and Norway currently Norway don't look like they're going to qualify automatically Serbia I'm praying Serbia qualify I honestly yeah. think they would flatten us um, but they are not doing so well they got beat 5-0 by Ukraine um, recently in Portugal around their group so of the two qualification spots they are up against it mm-hmm. now do you fancy us to turn this group around more than you'd fancy us to get through that semi-final and final I think how Clark worded it to begin with was right, you know, we're trying to qualify through the group, you know, there's no point in building up to the playoffs, you know, just letting this campaign peter out because you need to go in with some momentum. Mm-hmm. It'll be much better to try and get through the group as hard as we can and even if we just miss out, at least we've built up some momentum going into the playoff, yep. which is why I think the SFA did well to change it when they did rather than let the campaign fizzle out and then bring someone in and say, right, well now you have two, two massive games to try and get yeah. us to a tournament. I think... You know, we've got the rest of this campaign to bed the system in. Um, I, I, you know, the the pressure on those playoffs is going to be huge. You know, this is our chance to get back to a major mm. tournament. That pressure is going to weigh heavy. So we need to be solid, and we need to have our team absolutely yeah. set in stone by that point. Um, I think Clark's the right man to do it. There's, I'm definitely more confident going into them now than before. Um, but yeah, I would I would not bet money on us to get through the playoffs at the moment yeah. I think we will see after the next few games well, where we are in terms of how, how it's all coming together we'll have a better idea of our priorities after the Russia game, if we don't beat Russia I think, forget the qualification group we have to, we have to focus on the playoffs now, mm-hmm. try and find some sort of formula that we can, I know there's four months gap between them but try and as seamlessly as possible mm-hmm. go from the qualification stage to the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the playoffs. Again, and they're, they're not massively different, you know. We're not just going to lie down in the next few games, mm-hmm. even if we lose to Russia. It's still going to be about trying to build a winning team, whatever that looks like. You know, it might not be the prettiest football, mm-hmm. but if we can just get a winning formula, um, and he needs every single one of these games, and he will be taking every single one as an opportunity to prepare for the playoffs. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll be able to do enough during the group to qualify automatically, because yeah. that would be that would be, uh, amazing, that would be the dream. <laughs> uh, we can all start uh, preparing. So. Yeah, I think fingers crossed, we will, we will, we will make him. Right. Well, that was a slightly more positive <laughs> Hamden roar than than one of the ones we had recently, Ben, wasn't it? So, yeah. thanks very much for listening. I'm host Andy Bars. With me was Ben Ramage of Media Scotland. Uh, the Willie Miller interview was uploaded recently, so if you've not managed to listen to that yet, give that a go. Very interesting interview about Scotland at the World Cups throughout the 80s. 
I'll keep working on trying to get a few more pros and managers on as well. But in the meantime, from Ben and I, thanks very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.